Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. What is an end vision statement and why in the world would you need some sort of big dream that you are aiming at? Why should you even take time to write this down? An end vision statement is really important if you are going to head towards the multiplication of disciples and really especially if you are aiming at a movement. If you want to see multiplication that multiplies disciples making disciples who make disciples and you want to see this happen, I strongly encourage you to develop an end vision statement. And I'm going to talk more about that on this episode, so I'll be right back with that in just a moment. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Or frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls. And even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. So I was talking with someone the other day about their plans to multiply disciples and multiply groups. And I asked them the question, I said, what's the end goal? What do you really hope will happen after these groups begin to multiply or as they multiply? What are you aiming at? And we talked about this and and their answer was a little bit unclear. And I encouraged them. I said, you know what you need to do is you need to pray and ask God to show you how, uh, how he wants to work. What is it that he's wanting to do so you know where you're aiming at so that you can hit that target? And I think this is so important. It's the first thing that we do in the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movement course is we talk about how to dream a God-sized dream. How do you partner with God and find out what is it that God is wanting to do in our area? What is really on his heart? What would it look like if multiplication began to happen here? And the reason why I feel like this is so important is one, because it's biblical. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about a scripture related to this in just a moment. But also because I find that when we know where we're aiming, then that impacts greatly the steps we're taking today. See, a lot of times we can take shortcuts in the initial stages, um, especially we can get impatient. And we need patience in those early stages as we're developing those first generation groups and we're 
we're looking for those persons of peace and we're beginning to form those groups. We need to form them in a way where they have the DNA of multiplication built into them. And it's easy for us to take shortcuts in that early stage or, you know, nothing's happening. We've been working for three or four months. We're trying to find a person piece. We're not finding one. So we can easily go back to our old ways of working that were faster for us. And a lot of things in disciple making multiplication or DMMs are slow in the beginning, but you go slow at first so you can go fast later that when things begin to take off in an organic, reproducible way, they're going to speed up. But in the beginning, it can feel slow. And if you don't have that end vision kind of locked in, this is where we're heading. This is why we're willing to go slow now, because we know this is going to start to build and start to accelerate as generational growth starts to happen. But you really need that end vision statement so that you're headed in the right direction. I like to tell the example of it's like when you're rowing a boat on a lake. If you're just out rowing, you don't really care where you're going. You kind of kind of go around in circles. You may go over here. You may go over there and you spin around. But if you know that you're headed for a destination on the other side of the lake, you're going to row your boat or your canoe with your eyes fixed there and you're going to head in that direction. That's what an end vision does for us. It helps us to know our target and that impacts greatly how we work today because we're looking down the road at the multiplication vision that God has given us. Um, so I hope this is making sense. Um, let's continue on as we talk about this and look at a scripture and one that we like to refer to. You know, I, I work with a lot of people from oral cultures and people from oral cultures don't like to write things down, right? It's hard to write things down. It's hard to articulate this envision. And yet it's really an important step that we need to take. It says in Habakkuk 2.2, and I'm reading from the ESV, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. An envision statement makes things plain, makes things clear to us where we're headed so that we and also the many people that we are going to be mobilizing and training and, and helping to go, go after this vision so they know what it is that we're heading towards. It's plain, it's clear, and they can run who read it, right? So we don't want to make a big, long, complicated thing. We want something that's simple, that's clear, and that uh, communicates and inspires people that this is where we're headed. This is where we're going. For us, uh, you know, one of the envisions that we are heading after is we want to see 50 new disciple-making movements take place right? It's clear. This is where we're heading. Everything I do today should be impacting and leading towards those 50 movements being released, right? The vision is clear. We've written it down. We've proclaimed it. We've talked about it. And uh, having that envision statement is a really big part of seeing a movement take place. It's one of the first early steps that I think to take time to really pray and ask the Lord, God, not just what can you and your church do, but what's on his heart for your region? In my, my new book, The Multiplier's Mindset, the second mindset shift is expand. Our vision needs to be expanded to be a multiplication vision. A lot of times when I work pe with people on this, they will be um, drawn to, well, I want to start 10 disciple-making groups 
in my area in the next two years, right? And that's great. That's awesome. But that's still addition. That's just the first generation. And I often will come back to them and say, okay, that's good. You're going to start 10 groups or 25 groups or however many groups you're going to start. What about what's going to happen when those groups start groups? What will happen when those disciples make disciples and then their disciples make disciples and make disciples? I want you to see it. I want you to picture in your mind what that's going to look like when people from this, this group start going over here to their relatives in that nearby village or that nearby town. What's it going to look like when it starts to spread and it starts to multiply? Because you've got to see that in your mind and your heart and be praying for that and aiming for multiplication from the beginning. If you're not, you probably won't get past those first generation groups right? Because that needs to be something that you're constantly praying about, talking about as you aim for a DNA of multiplication in the way that you begin those groups and in the way you work. It's easy for us to embrace methods that won't lead to multiplication, but that will get us a quick growth in the beginning. So uh, I so encourage you to take time to write out an envision. Here's, here's just a couple tips on how to do that. And I have a link that I can uh, put in the show notes here of an article I've written about this, but action number one is draw it out. I find it really helpful to kind of just draw pictures on paper. And, um, you know, you, you might draw a picture of, well, I think there's going to be a circle here, a group that's going to start over in this, this area of Bloomington. And then we're hoping for five groups in this other place called Richfield. And then we're going to we're believing for, you know, seven groups in Burnsville. And then as those grow, we're hoping that from Burnsville, it's going to spread to Egan. And from Bloomington, we're going to start new groups that are going into South Minneapolis. Or, you know, you're, you're drawing this out of where the first generation groups will likely be and where it will likely spread to. Um, maybe even the people groups that we'll be going into. We, we initially are going to start with Hispanics or initially we're going to start with uh, Ebos, or initially we're going to start with Fulanis or whatever it is, or we're going to start with the Vietnamese community uh, that's over here in this part of our city. Whatever it is, write, write those things out, those details, and kind of draw a picture of it, and that's going to help you to see it. And then also, it's really important as you think about an envision statement uh, to think what kingdom transformation are we hoping will take place? Um, because we don't want to just see people get saved. We want to make disciples who fall in love with Jesus. Their lives are transformed. Their marriages are transformed. Their, their love for their neighbors is transformed. What kinds of changes are you going to see take place? Are you going to see widows being fed? Who Are you going to see loneliness decrease as people come to Jesus? Are you going to see wife beating stop in that Muslim community? Are you going to see pornography decrease? And people, you know, what, what kinds of transformation in the community are you going to see happen? Because when the kingdom of God comes, it brings change. Amen. It brings change. So you want to include that in your envision statement as well. Even as you're drawing this picture out. And ask God to just really show you, what does this look like? What's on your heart to do here? What are you longing to see released in our area? Are you going to see um, economic development? You're going to see schools, kids that aren't in schools in the slum communities who are now being educated. 
whatever it is, just draw that picture out. After you've done that, take time to listen and listen to one another. If you're working in a team, let different people give their input to this. Don't rush this process, but, but get it done, right? Don't wait too long either. And don't get bogged down on it, but you know, cause you can always revise your envision statement, but take time to listen and ask God, what does he want to do? What's on his heart? He may give you prophetic words. He may give you scriptures or pictures uh, of things that he, you know, he's going to be speaking to you and, you know, write those things down as well and keep track of that. And then also I want to encourage you to clarify your goal related to the multiplication of disciples. Are you, are you intending that these, these groups will, all the people in them will come back to the main church. Maybe if you have a, a, a church, will they come back into that church? Or are you looking for cell churches to happen? Or are you really believing for a movement of disciples or disciples and discipleship groups make groups that make groups that make groups? And they may not ever know about the, the people from the main church that started those groups because those groups are going to be transformed into house churches. And just really, what does it look like that you're aiming at? Clarify those things. I want to give you a couple of examples of some envision statements as we wrap this up. Here's an example. This is someone's envision statement that they wrote who is from India. They said, to see a church movement among the Garwali people of northern India, it will be 10 generations deep with 3,000 house churches, 3,000 local leaders, and will include outreach in 200 new villages within eight years. You hear that? Isn't that exciting? And we say amen to that vision. May it be so. Um, it needs to be time bound. It's good to have some time frames. Again, time frames don't, you know, they don't necessarily, we shouldn't feel restricted by them, but time frames help us to uh, think bigger. They help us to do things differently. If we're aiming at this happening in 50 years, it's probably not a movement approach, right? Movements do happen rapidly. Now, the first beginning may be slow, but as it expands, what are we going to see in five years or 10 years? I, I'd encourage you not to stretch it out over more than 10 years, but to aim at somewhere between, you know, four to four to five years and 10 years for your envision statement. Here's another example. To see a disciple making movement in Pattaya, Thailand, where every locality in our city will have at least one Discovery Bible study group. We will establish multiplying DBS streams among ethnic Chinese, Thai, Malay, and Khmer people. The transformational result will be a significant reduction in crime and human trafficking rates. This will happen within 10 years. Okay, so those are some examples. I hope that's helpful to you as you think about crafting an envision statement that you can aim at. And again, you're not locked into this. You're going to go back and revisit it. But as you revisit it, I really encourage you, you know, if we, it's, it's okay. We don't have to feel locked into it, but keep it multiplicative. Keep it something that is multiplying because if you're not aiming at generational growth from the very beginning, you're going to be very tempted to take shortcuts in the DNA of the movement in the beginning uh, portion of your work. So again, 
develop an envision statement. If you aren't familiar with my course and you want more input on this, you want some help and some coaching and some, some, uh, someone to look at your envision statement and give you feedback on it, we do that in the first module of the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course. You can find out about that uh, in the, yeah, uh, in the little ad that we include in this Dare to Multiply podcast is the link for that courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and click on that and you can enroll in that course. And I think that's going to help you as well. But I hope this gives a little bit of, a, of some insight on that. And lastly, I just want to say, if you have already written an envision statement, maybe it was a couple years ago, I really want to invite you to pull that thing back out Maybe God has shifted the people group that you're focusing on. Maybe God has shifted some of the locations. Maybe God has expanded your vision beyond what you initially wrote. Or maybe you realize that that's, that's not realistic, even with multiplication. We want to change some things. Go ahead and talk with your team and feel free to revisit this. I think it's good to revisit visit an Envision statement every year or at the, uh, at the most every two years and rewrite it. Re rethink about it, re-pray over it, and, and put that thing down on paper so that you can aim for it and pray for it. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I will be back in just a moment with some takeaways and action steps for you. Imagine a world where passionate followers of Jesus come together to multiply, transforming lives beyond imagination. Instead of toiling with little fruit, what if God's abundance flowed beyond your wildest dreams? Picture those you've invested in sharing Jesus freely, creating a ripple effect of disciple-making. In her new book, The Multiplier's Mindset, Cynthia Anderson reveals how shifting mindsets can revolutionize disciple-making. When Cynthia and her colleagues experienced these mindset shifts, they saw enormous results including the launching of 19 multiplying movements in Africa and Asia, transforming tens of thousands of lives. This book will help you discover hidden harvesters, see church members move from passivity to passion, and release the power of simplicity in multiplying disciples. Don't remain stuck. Learn to move toward greater fruitfulness. Visit MultipliersMindset.com and get your copy of The Multiplier's Mindset today. Okay, here's your action step. So if you have never written an Envision statement before, I just would invite you over the next week, get out a piece of paper. Maybe it's in your journal, a page in your journal, or maybe if you don't journal, just get out a piece of paper and just prayerfully begin to just draw. <laughs> uh, just get yourself started and, and um, you know it doesn't have to be pretty. You can use stick figures, you, you know, you may not be an artist, I certainly am not, but just just start to draw, maybe write some names of different areas and people groups and draw some pictures and, and just get started putting on paper a picture of what it is that you are dreaming with God to do in your region or in your area. And, and uh, again, remember, draw what multiplication would look like. What would be some of the impact maybe that you would see as the kingdom of God come? So that's your assignment. Get out a piece of paper, get started. And then, um, you know, go ahead and go to that link, which I've given, read through that. You can get a template and some more ideas about how to do this. But uh, talk to your team and start start dialoguing with others around you about what what is it we're actually aiming at? Um 
what would a multiplication of disciples look like if it took place in our area? I know God's going to be with you. Feel free to reach out if we can help you in any way as you go through this or sign up for the, the course. I know that would be, that's the first module and there's lots of resources and help for you in that. God bless you guys. May God give you his faith to dream big dreams with him. Um, we can't do it. It's impossible for us, but God has a big vision of what he wants to do in your area and he's going to use you to do it. So God bless you as you dream with him and get that piece of paper out this week and start scribbling some stuff and he will begin to flow as you take that step of faith. We'll see you in uh, the next episode next week. Blessing. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com slash blog on social media. And please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember... God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.